Merry Christmas, family. It's good to be with you. Good to see you all. My name is Eddie. I'm the lead pastor here. And if you're online, thank you for joining us as well. We miss you. We're glad that you're able to, to be with us online. Hope that you are blessed. Well, excuse me. Well, uh, thank you to everyone who participated in our Toys for Tots drive. We were able to, to collect, uh, our goal was to collect over 2,000 across all of our campuses. And, and I, I think that we got close to that goal, if not, if not meeting it. So thank you for your, your generosity and uh, for your care for our community. Uh, before we get into the Word, I, I want to let you guys know Christmas Eve is coming up, and we're excited about it, and we have two online services that we want to invite you to. You can pick which one works for you and your family. We got a 4 o'clock and a 6 o'clock, and so we'd love to see you there. There'll be live hosts, and, and it'll be a moment for us to remember Jesus Christ and celebrate together as a family, even as we celebrate apart. Uh, at, in line with that, we have some kits, some packages. If you're a youth or, or a child, if you're online and you're a kid, tell your parents that if they text Christmas GCC to 474747, uh, they, can, they can, yeah, I'll just make sure. Okay, Christmas GCC to 474747. You can uh, get more information about how to get that gift. If you're here today, you can pick one up today. Well, over the last few weeks, we've been focusing on the, the Advent or the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The fact that, that God in his, in his wisdom and his grace and his love for us as people, he sent his son Jesus Christ. And over the last four weeks, we've celebrated and we've remembered kind of what that looked like. We, we looked at Isaiah and considered the prophecy that was given long before Jesus actually came to earth. And we, we heard from uh, Luke, we've heard from him a number of different times talking about Mary and, and Elizabeth and and we've seen that Jesus came. And today, we're going to hear about the first people outside of Jesus' family to hear the good news. And we'll be encouraged to respond as they do in faith and in praise. So I'm going to read the text. But if you'll stand with me, we're going to read out of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. I'm going to read it just because it's really long and I don't want to make you guys do that. But, but let's engage our faith, engage our minds and our hearts as we hear the word of God spoken. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, that there will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Verse 16. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the sayings they had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all of these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord to us. 
Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you have given us this testimony, that you have given us Luke's testimony of your entrance into our humanity. God, I thank you that you chose to share this good news, to proclaim this good news, not to kings or princes or rulers, but to shepherds. That you have established your kingdom among the lowly, among the humble, among those on the outside. And that you offer salvation to all who would come. God, I thank you for your goodness to us, your mercy to us, your grace to us. I thank you that your, your economy of grace stands in opposition to the way we see excellence in the world, the way we see greatness in the world. And God, I thank you that your son has come and that we can praise you for it. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So what we see here in this text is really a, a two-part, two sections. We have the, the angelic announcement, and then we see the shepherd's response. And, and what's interesting, it, I would encourage you to read through the first few chapters of Luke because we, you would really, for you to appreciate what he's doing here, you, you need to go back and see the other angelic announcements. If you can remember, and, and maybe if you've read through it, if you've been going through our Advent uh, devotion, you've seen that, that the angel Gabriel actually brought a message, an announcement to both Mary and Elizabeth, or well, Mary and, and Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah. And we see that there's this pattern that happens where there's a, hey, don't fear. The angel almost always has to say, don't fear, because he is great and powerful, and, and he causes the person who's receiving the message to fear. So he says, don't fear. Then he gives an announcement of a birth, and then he tells them what the sign is going to be. And we see that pattern of don't fear, announcement, sign happening in each of the, the uh, announcements, whether it's John the Baptist being announced or Jesus being announced to Mary or, or here Jesus being announced to the, the shepherds. And when there are patterns like that, it's there for a purpose and, and we can see there, there are distinctions that are made that he's trying to draw out for us. And so one of the distinctions that we see in this section is that, that the angel of the Lord is coming to shepherds. He's not coming to rulers. He's not going to Caesar Augustus. He's not going to the, the ruler of this area. He's not going to religious leaders, but he has gone to shepherds. Now, shepherds, they were, they were kind of on the low end of the totem pole economically. It's likely that they were working for a wage. They probably didn't own the land that they were, they were taking their sheep on and their sheep were grazing on. So it's likely that they were, they were blue-collar workers. And yet they are the first people outside of Christ's own family that God decides these are the ones who are going to hear. It's worth noting that, that when God decided to bring about his his message and his, his story, his redemptive process to a culmination, he begins by going to the people that the world would otherwise ignore and not consider. If we look at the Old Testament, we see that, that when Israel chose a king, they chose someone who was tall and handsome and looked powerful, and, and they thought, surely he'll be the king, talking about Saul, the first king of Israel. 
But when the second king is chosen, it's chosen by God, and, and it's this young man who, who the father actually forgets about. He's, he's not the one that humanity would have chosen. And the same is true here. The angel goes to shepherds, lowly laborers. That's encouraging to you and me because he comes to us. I don't know where you feel right now, but, but Christmas is an interesting time because it's both exciting and, and happy because of all the trappings and the, the traditions, but it can also be very sad. It can be very difficult if, if we've lost loved ones, if we don't have loved ones in our family, if there are things in our life that are, are broken, this is a time where this, this stuff can get accentuated, the pain can get amplified, and what we see here is that God goes to the lowly. He goes to the lowly. And, and he, he speaks to them. Now, this is the angel of the Lord, uh, an angel of the Lord, and he says, uh, he says, do not fear. Because in verse 9, we see the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and glory, the glory of the Lord shone around them. This is this idea of, of light and, and uh, a cloud and, and some sort of overwhelming, immense presence. So that you're, they were caught with fear. They thought, I'm going to die. This was a moment where they were faced with a supernatural reality. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news that will cause great joys. This is good news not just for, for the family of Jesus Christ, but for everyone who listens. It's good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Again, the, the, this angel of the Lord went to shepherds. He didn't go to the family of God. This wasn't just a blessing and a promise that was given to Jesus and his family. It was going to be a blessing and a promise for all people. And again, you and I are the beneficiaries of this good news because he went for good news with great, that will bring great joy to all the people. That's you and me. All the people. Everyone who listens to the shepherd, the shepherd's uh, testimony. And what is this good news? He goes on and he says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Christ, the Lord. Try your best not to hear that, you know, like the Charlie Brown Christmas, you know, and Linus is reading it. But, but imagine that an amazing, powerful, awe-inspiring, fear-inducing angel, this spiritual being is speaking and saying, unto you is born this day in the city of David in Bethlehem a Savior not just a Savior, a Savior who is a, uh, the Christ, the Lord. Now those three words, Savior, Christ, Lord, they're not seen anywhere together in the New Testament like that. It's a unique expression. He says that the Savior is come. And, and the shepherds being familiar with the Old Testament, they would have recognized that, that this idea of Savior means uh, someone who's going to save me from my enemies, who's going to deliver me. He's going to be a deliverer. It would, have, it would have brought up pictures of, of the Exodus, pictures and, 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 and words from the Psalms where the psalmist is, is asking God to save, to deliver, to draw, draw them out of the miry depth. He's a Savior has come. But he's not only a Savior, he's the Christ. 
the anointed one. Christ is the Greek word, Christus is the Greek word for the, the, the Hebrew word which meant anointed one. And the anointed one was the one that was chosen by God. The one who was going to be God's chosen instrument by which he would bring about his rule, his reign. It has this, this connotation of, of Davidic kingship. And if you're not tracking with me, in the Old Testament, God made a promise to David that, that he would take, God would take someone from the Davidic lines, one of David's descendants, and he would rule and reign on, on the throne of David forever. And so here we see the angel saying to the shepherds, that promise, that messianic promise, that, that anointed one that God had promised to, to David has come. But not only is he Christ, he is Lord. And while we don't necessarily see it here, the, the angel doesn't necessarily flesh out the phrase Lord or the word Lord. We, if you were to continue to read Luke or you'd read the, the next book that Luke writes, Acts, we see that this idea of lordship is one in which Christ is divinely sovereign. He's ruling and reigning over everything. So we hear this good news. They say, the, the, the angel says, I've got good news for you that's going to cause you great joy. God has sent his deliverer. He's sent his king. He's sent his ruler to you. Family, this is good news not just for them. It's good news for us. Because you and I, we need a deliverer. We need a deliverer. We need someone to take us out of the slavery to our own sinful inclinations and sin and, and the, the punishment due to us because of our sin. Spiritually speaking, you and I are in a prison. Paul the Apostle talks about our existence as being dead in our trespasses and sins. Not dead in the sense that we are physically dead, but dead in the sense that spiritually speaking, apart from Christ, we have no response to God. We are flatlined as it relates to our relationship with God. You and I are in need of deliverance. We need a deliverer. We need a king. If, if there's ever a moment to, to recognize that you are not a good ruler of your own life, it's Christmas time. And maybe you're, maybe you're not like me, and I hope that's the case when it comes to organization, because um, I don't know how you do, but I struggle to keep my life organized. And, and when Christmas comes or other moments like this come, it doesn't, it doesn't become easier. It, it almost it accelerates the speed at which things begin to fall apart and I have to gather other people around me to help me. And some of, that, some of that is just intrinsic to who I am, but I think there's an aspect of that that probably is common to all of us as people. We need someone who can rule and reign in our lives, who can be a king and help us, who isn't us. A child is born in Bethlehem who is a savior, Christ, and a Lord. They say, do not fear. They say, this is the announcement of the birth. And, and they say, here's the sign. And he goes on and he says in verse 12, this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now again, try to, try to remove the trappings of Christmas and think about this in terms of hearing this for the first time. The uniqueness is not necessarily the baby or the baby in the cloth Swaddled up, that, that was common, that's something they did. But it, there's going to be a baby 
in a feeding trough. Right? God has come in his great salvation, guys. And, and here's the sign. You're going to see this baby laying in a trough where, where horses normally feed. You're like, what? This is a unique sign that's intended to point them to Christ. And so, in response to this, this is the amazing thing. We don't see it at first, but, but angels are listening. Angels are listening to this angel speak and tell and testify to what God has done. The, the, the story of redemptive history, beginning in Genesis, God creates the world, and then Adam and Eve fall, they disobey God in chapter 3, and then from then on, we see God's plan progressing to bring about redemption for the people of God, for the, for the human kind. And, and what's happening in heaven? Well, the angels have been watching, and they have not died. They're, they're immortal beings. So they started in the beginning watching, and they're watching and saying, oh, God, he's creating all these things. It's amazing. He's created us. He's created Adam and Eve. Oh, no, they're, they're listening to... Oh. They shouldn't have listened to, to Lucifer. He got kicked out of heaven. That's bad. Uh, and, and they're watching humanity progress. And they're watching the redemption of God progress. And they're in this moment hearing the angel of the Lord say, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Christ the Lord. They had been waiting as well. They'd been waiting to see this. And as the angel finishes saying, and this will be a sign for you, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Glory to God in the highest. The angels understood that this was the beginnings of the pinnacle of God's redemptive work. They saw that God's glory was going to be expressed and shown through Jesus Christ, and they began to, to worship. Now, perhaps this was, this was kind of a, a teaching moment for the angels, and, and in their worship, they were, they were teaching and expressing how, how this, the shepherds ought to respond I can't speak to the motivations, but I'd like to think that having waited and waited and waited for thousands of years to see God bring this to, to culmination, to fruition, waiting for God to, to do what he has been planning and preparing to do, and waiting without a really clear idea, it's not as though the angels necessarily knew the whole plan. And they were waiting, and they were waiting, and they saw it and here, and they, so they say, glory to God in the highest. They say, praise be to God, the highest praise be to God, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is well pleased. That phrase there, peace among those with whom he is well pleased, that's, that's almost a technical term to describe the people of God, the elect of God, the chosen ones of God. And so he says, glory to God, praise be to God, and peace be to those with whom God is well pleased because they have a relationship with God. Do you want peace? Family, we talked about this in, a few weeks back in Isaiah where, where Jesus is described as the prince of peace. Peace comes to those with whom God is well pleased and God's pleasure comes upon those who have faith in him. 
Peace comes to those with whom God is well pleased. Now, his pleasure doesn't come to us because we do better. He's not saying peace, coming to the, peace is coming to those uh, with whom they've worked really hard to keep the law. They've kind of messed up sometimes, but most of the time they've done a really good job. No, that's not what he's saying. With those whom he is well pleased is a way of describing those who put their trust, not in their own abilities, but in God himself. Peace. On earth begins with peace with God. So how do the how do the shepherds respond, and how ultimately ought we to respond? Verse fifteen: When the angel went away, when the angels went away from them in heaven, into heaven, and the shepherds sorry, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, "Let us go over to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us." They've heard this testimony from the angels. They've heard the praise from the angels, and they're going to inquire themselves. But they begin with belief. They heard this, and they said, we believe the angels enough to go and find out for ourselves. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. They see the sign. They see this baby. They walk in the stable area, and they, oh my goodness, it's a man and a woman and this baby just like the angels had told us. They believe. And as soon as they believe, they began to speak truth. They began to testify. Verse 17 says, And when they saw it, they made known the sayings that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Verse 18 gives us a picture of the fact that this is not just a private meeting with the shepherds and, and Mary and Joseph. Because they were speaking to uh, all these people, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. There were some who heard it. They were like, this is a crazy story. Mary and Joseph had already heard the story. It wasn't necessarily something that would cause wonder to them. But for those around, to those the, the shepherds were testifying to, they were caught in wonder. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. You know, she's a good mama. She, she's hearing these shepherds, and she's hearing from God through these shepherds. And she's kind of, I'm going to tuck that away. I'm going to think about that. I'm going to think about how that's going to affect my baby. I'm going to think about how I need to lean into that. What do I need to do as his mother to, to draw out, as a mother does, his destiny. She pondered it in her heart. They began with belief. They ran. They went with haste. They began to testify. And then what does it say? Verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Now, when I first read this, I thought, oh, yeah, this was a crazy experience. They saw angels. They heard angels singing. They were struck with fear. Then they got to see this baby. But what's interesting about verse 20 is they weren't necessarily praising God for, what the, for the spectacular you know, light show and laser show of the angels. Right? Listen to what he says. And the shepherds returned glorifying God and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. What do you mean by that, Luke? Well, as it had been told to them. So the things that had been told to them was the thing that the angel had said, and that is what they're talking about, having seen and heard, 
which had caused them to worship God. So as spectacular as this spiritual experience was of hearing from an angel, hearing the angels worship, a host of angels worship, the thing that caused them to to praise God, to reflect and, and give him glory, was the fact that they saw this baby. Family, I... This is, a, this is a side note, but can I encourage you that the most spectacular, the most miraculous, the most amazing thing that you can come in contact with is the presence of God himself, is the, the truth and the reality of the gospel. There are movements and there are groups of people who pursue many other spectacular and amazing things, and I say that with a, a touch of... Um, well, anyways, <laughs> if, if you're pursuing something other than Christ, you're missing it. The shepherds didn't miss it. They glorified and praised God for all that they'd heard and seen about Christ. Have you heard? You know, some of you, you've been walking with God for a while and, and you know who Jesus is. You, you've come as a as it was, to the, to the manger. You've experienced the wonder, and maybe in a moment you experience the wonder of, of knowing Christ as your deliverer, knowing him as your Lord, knowing him as your Savior, and, and you worshiped him, but, but now, years later, you haven't got the same sort of haste, the same sort of urgency about it. And my encouragement to you is, is the scriptures are given to us to remind us, to, to reignite the, the passion for our Lord, to remember the, the greatness and the glory of who God is in Jesus Christ. He is, he's our Lord. He's our Savior. He's the one who brings us great joy. And even in a season where there can be great pain and great confusion and great stress, He is a bringer of great joy. There is available to you and me today great joy in Jesus Christ because whatever your circumstance, whatever your need, whatever stress or or difficulty or pressure that is weighing down on you, at the foundation of your being is a need to be reconciled to your creator God himself. And the great joy that can flow up is from recognizing and knowing that you have a savior, you have a Christ, you have a Lord in Jesus And that because of that, you can have peace as one of those who are among the ones that God is well pleased with. Have you heard? Maybe you you have heard and you are thankful. Then my encouragement is to be like the shepherds. Have you told your friends? Have you told your family? This amazing thing has happened. Have you texted people and invited them to church? Have you invited them to hear the gospel on Christmas Eve? It's super easy. You don't even have to leave your house. Four o'clock, six o'clock, do it. Not for my sake, but for their sake. Have you testified? And have you just stepped back and praised God for his glorious grace to you and me? Maybe, you know, if you're not like the shepherds, they were, they were caught up in this. It wasn't something that they manufactured 
And my encouragement to you would not be to necessarily try and manufacture worship, but to instead go to the one to whom you worship. Go to the one that we are called to worship. And, and look at him, consider him. Consider what it means that he's your deliverer. Consider your need. Consider your, your desires. Consider all the things that God answers and deals with. Have you heard? Family, Christmas time is a fun time and it's an exciting time. And it's a time to remember the testimony of Scripture, to remember that Jesus has come, that our Savior, our Deliverer, our Lord has come. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are our Deliverer. That though I stand as a sinner condemned because of my sin, yet at the same time you have forgiven me because of the work of Jesus Christ. And God, I thank you that I don't need to work in order to earn your good pleasure, but that is something that your son did on my behalf. And now I can work out of thanksgiving for the good pleasure that you've extended to me. Some of you in here have heard the message. You've heard, or maybe online, you've heard the message, you've heard the testimony, maybe not from an angel, but you've heard it and you've heard it and you've heard it and you've heard it. And the question is, have you responded in belief? Have you believed? God is calling you to believe and in believing to change and turn, to, to respond to him in faith and obedience. If that's you, I just want you to pray. It's not magical. There's nothing in our prayer that affects our salvation. What it does, it's, it's, a, it's a reflection and a response to what God has already done in our hearts. So if that's you, I just want you to pray with me as a way of responding to what the Holy Spirit is doing. You can pray this, God, I believe. I believe that I am in need of a Savior. I need to be delivered from my sin. I need to be delivered from the slavery to sin that I am in. And I receive your son, Jesus Christ. I receive his sacrifice. I turn away from everything I know to be sin. I turn to him as my Lord and my Savior and my Messiah, my King. If that's you, family, then this is a day for great joy. This is a day for you to rejoice and like the shepherds to go and praise God. Glorify him. Give him honor for who he is. And family, if you've already been walking in, the, walking in that, this is a season for you to glorify God, to praise Him, to give Him honor. God, we praise You, we honor you, we glorify You. Because You are good. And You've expressed that goodness in the most powerful way possible by being our deliverer, saving us from our sins, and allowing us to experience peace with You. Eternal peace with You. Complete peace with You. God, I pray that you would help us to walk in that peace, to testify to that peace, to call others to that peace. I pray this all in the name of your mighty son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Love you, family.